The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. All right. So I did some digging on this Princess Diana conspiracy theory. There are thousands. I'm not joking. There's thousands of websites like dedicated to different kinds of conspiracies. and But people loved her because... She kind of brought the royal family down to earth. As an example, back when AIDS was on the rise, people believed for a while that any physical contact with anybody who had it gave you the disease. And once she found out that that was scientifically not true, she went out of her way to like give handshakes to patients and stuff and provide that physical contact and just like try to humanize these people because they were basically, you know, being treated as lepers. So it was things like that. She would also send like personal thank you notes to people that she met that did favors for her. And they were always like very hyper detailed. She even had little post-it notes at her desk with like big words so that she could sound professional and use the right kind of verbiage and everything else, which is sweet. Um, Also, fun little story that I found out, which I think is really cute, is um, so Prince William, her son, he was obsessed with like these three supermodels um, at the time. One was like a Calvin Klein model. One was Naomi Campbell. Um, He had like posters of them all over his wall inside the castle. And so Princess Diana one day just invites those models over and doesn't tell him. So he just walks inside and sees these models and starts freaking out. You know, these are the posters that he's had up in his room all this time. And she just did it as a prank because they're the royal family and they can do that kind of thing. Um, but she literally just used it as a joke for her son, which is kind of cute. So sadly, shortly after midnight on August 31st, 1997, um, Diana dies in a car crash in Paris. Um, she was 36 years old. She was with her boyfriend, uh, an Egyptian born socialite named Dodi Faid and the driver of the call, Henri Paul. Um, as well as a bodyguard whose name I forget, but he was the sole survivor this bodyguard was. She was met with like an outpouring of grief, obviously. Um, Mourners were visiting the palace, leaving bouquets at the home. All right, let me back up (laughs) because I have to tell this in this crazy order because the way that it's all connected, it's just I don't want to leave out any of the details. So let's back up even further than this. We know that they died in a car crash. It's well-known knowledge. Before all of this, and the reason Diana even came into the picture, there's Prince Charles. And Prince Charles is going to be the next king. So he has a lot of pressure on him to meet the right girl and marry the right girl and provide heirs. Um, He meets this duchess, Camilla, um, who has this on again, off again, boyfriend named Andrew. Um, she's obviously not a virgin. She's a tomboy. Um, she's not at all what the royal family wants for Charles. Um, but he's completely crazy about her. They date for a while, but then he has to fulfill his duty by going off to join the Royal Navy for a while. And I think it was like around eight months or so. And he doesn't set up anything exclusive he doesn't tell camilla to wait or anything and so while he's gone she's lonely and she ends up rekindling this relationship with andrew but since it's been on again off again and now she's with charles and all this stuff they're getting this bad publicity her family is and they're like well fuck this you're marrying this andrew guy like once and for all none of this bouncing around all over the place saying we don't need this kind of attention and they force the two of them to get married so Prince Charles is away, finds out this news, and is devastated, reportedly. He comes back, and he's dating around, trying to find the right girl. Apparently, he is hooking up with, like, he's reportedly with 40 women, and that's just the ones that we know of, um, which doesn't look good for the royal family, at least not in their eyes. He's introduced to a lot of people. One of them is uh, this girl who happens to be Diana's sister. Diana's sister, he had met when they were children, and he was never introduced to Diana because there's a 13-year age difference. So that was not supposed to be a viable thing. However, when he shows up now, Diana is 18 years old, 
so now she's a viable candidate because she's a virgin and she's beautiful. She just fits. She comes from a wealthy, noble family. So she just fits the idea of a royal edition. I just want to backtrack. 40 okay. women, Charles looks inbred. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter when you're a prince, I Katie. know, but like, ew. You know that every single one of these women is like, well, maybe I'll be a queen. Maybe I'll be a princess. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I, I do want to have it said. I, I thought this for a second. I feel like the royal family used to be kind of a bit more racist and picky about who they want married into their family, which is why I know a lot of people were surprised about the whole Meghan Markle thing, um, especially with her being mixed race and stuff. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, they got Kate, they got Megan. They're just trying to make their family pretty again because they got a little too, like, uggo inbred. And they were like, Diana is pretty too. Like, they were not we good looking. Mixed in those <laughs> they were not good looking people. Like, that hairline is unfortunate. I'm throwing that out there. Like, Harry and William are like the most attractive that family has had for a very long time and i would not say if they were not princes people would find them very attractive yeah i mean i think they've realized i mean they know they're not they're just Maybe they have beautiful personalities to match their castle. They're just Kardashians. It's stupid-ass figureheads. And they're like, well, we need to maintain being naturally beautiful because we're not. We're going to bring these pretty people in to help out the future babies be a little cuter. And I guess that had to be part of it because they insisted, like, she has to be pretty. And part of the big problem they had with Camilla was she was no beauty. Which it's just. I mean, look at Charles. Have you seen (laughs) Charles though? Like, I haven't in a long time. He is. You know what? He is. He looks like a cartoon character. Type in Type in young Prince Charles. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at 1990 Prince Charles. Oh boy. He looks oh, like boy. a cartoon character. He looks like his name should have been Poindexter. Like I would be Camilla too. Yeah, actually, I don't know what Camilla looks like. Let's look at her. I'm only seeing old pictures. Where is Camilla? She's Duchess Camilla, right? Yeah, Camilla Bowles. Oh, what a horrible name. Which, by the way, now they're married, so that's, like, a thing. But here's the deal. I totally see her and Charles being attracted to each other because they have the same face. Yeah. They look... (laughs) (laughs) He's a narcissist. He was like, you're beautiful. You look just like like me. I'm sending this photo to you now. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Like, she's not ugly. I I mean, Charles, he's ugly. He is. Obviously. The royal family agrees with you. They said Camilla is not cute, and so we don't want this to happen. There's this one photo where I think she's kind of endearing of her younger. That I think it's cute. It's, the, it's her with the orange scarf and the orange top. Like that's she's kind of like I, I get that she seems homely and like plain, but I could I would look at her and be like, she seems kind of cute and like maybe fun. Mm-hmm. Like she looks like she has a good personality. She probably does. He was crazy about her, and apparently she was crazy about him. Yeah, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm sure she really wasn't that bad. Sorry. Anyways, that's, the, I mean. <laughs> it, it just gets wilder. And, I mean, the looks are just the smallest part. <laughs> and this crazy story. So, he meets Diana, and they're in a rush. They're trying to produce heirs as fast as they can now. So, Diana and Prince Charles get married after only hanging out with each other 13 times. Like, total. They just go to events together 13 times, and then they're married. So a little more background on Diana as to why this might make a little more sense. Um, Not only being connected to the royal family, but she comes from a broken home. So her mother left at a young age, and her father got remarried, which wouldn't have been an issue, except he did it in complete secrecy and basically had a second family and didn't tell his daughters. Um, They just had to kind of find out. So she even made a joke 
that at one point later on, part of the reason why she married Charles was that the royal family frowns on divorce, like to an extreme extent. And so she wouldn't have to worry about him leaving or breaking their family apart. So right off the bat, that's problematic. And so after 13 meetings, they get married. And within a year, the couple's having issues. They're not happy. It gets to another level when she gets, um, when she has her first child, Prince William. And something I thought was pretty interesting about this is apparently there's a study that says when you're pregnant, you're more in tune with other people's feelings and emotions and attitudes. She was basically sensing that Prince Charles didn't care about her which was a problem for her because she needed a family that was going to stick together and it gave her a lot of anxiety. And because of all of this, she starts developing depression. Um, She starts self-harming. She even says that while she was pregnant with Prince William, she threw herself down the stairs just to get the attention of Prince Charles because he just wasn't listening to her, wasn't paying her any mind as a wife, Um, which is pretty sad. She even works with an author that's pretty um, extreme. Yeah. It's very extreme. Because that's not just putting yourself at harm. You're putting your child at harm. Yeah. Well, luckily, the child wasn't hurt, obviously. Mm. Yeah, but it um, could have been. It, it could have been. Yeah. That's, well, that's kind of the giveaway of how bad of a mental state she is in. Also, keep in mind, during all of this, she went from being like, yeah, she's part of a noble family to being the most photographed person. Still to this day, uh, like in history. She's photographed doing anything and everything. She's always in the public eye and she's miserable. What so if- can you imagine being so miserable and having the paparazzi follow you every day and having these royal duties and having to like maintain this kind of facade of there's things I need to keep up with, but my life is falling apart, you know? What if she was pushed on the stairs and forced to say she threw herself? I mean, the thing is, she's come clean about a lot that I feel like that probably would have been brought up. But I don't know. People get manipulated into doing and saying stuff all the time. I mean, it's it's probable, I guess. I mean, it could have happened. But she, what she told... So the reason that this comes out is she works with an author to write a tell-all. And what she tells them all of this stuff. She's saying that she's bulimic, um, that she found out he was having affairs, that she was harming herself in other ways. She threw herself down the stairs. Um, but when the book came out, it was kind of written off as fiction because she distanced herself from it. She wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I told him all this stuff. Hmm. She, she found a way to tell him all this and get all this information out there while distancing herself to keep her and her family safe because like- she knew the royal family would, wouldn't like that. But later on, like years later, the author released the recordings of her talking to him. So it was like very clear that she did give him all this information. That's really interesting. It's like a weird form of public therapy, but also like a weird way of manipulating the media. Well, she was, so she's a master manipulator of the media. That's another huge thing about Diana that I found out. So she would make neat uh, deals which is a huge part of this story, by the way. So keep this in mind. She would make deals with the paparazzi. Like, I will give you such and such photos at this exclusive event if you leave me alone for the rest of the day or if you do this or if you do that. If you leave out this part of the story, I'll tell you this part of the story. Paparazzi and journalists are like, yes, give me everything you can. People are eating up all this shit. It works out. And she's able to manipulate it kind of in her favor. I mean, she went on TV shows and gave these um, interviews. And at first it was just hinting to how miserable she was. But later on, two major scandals happen. And keep in mind, like, all of this stuff is happening in the public eye. The royal family that is supposed to be this, like, untouchable family that's perfect and has everything right. is Prince Andrew's a pedophile. Cool. Oh, what? <laughs> you know I this. I mean, yes, we know, I know that, but... I know, um, but <clears throat> Prince Andrew's a pedophile. 100%. Part of the reason why the people love Diana so much is for this very reason. She kind of brought this over-the-top family down to earth 
and we're like, they're just like you, you know, they have couple problems. They aren't having the perfect life. They get depressed, you know, they stand in line at Disney world. Exactly. She stood in line with it. <laughs> she did. She stood in line at Disney world with her kids. She made them wait, even though they could easily jump ahead. Anyway, these two major scandals happen. So first one is what is now referred to as squeegee gate. And basically what happened was Diana knew that Charles was having affairs and she was like, fuck it. I'm going to have one of my own. She met this guy. I forget who he was or how he was important. He probably wasn't in any way, shape or form, but they were having an affair and the Royal family had the phones tapped and had this recording of an intimate conversation between Diana and this guy she was seeing where he referred to her as like a pet name squeegee, um, which is why it's called squeegee gate. But it was this big scandal because it's like, oh my God, Diana's cheating on Charles. Wait, why did I always think squeegee gate was about Charles cheating? There's another one. So there's squeegee gate and Charles comes out and is like, Diana's and what she seems and she's a cheater and blah 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 very shortly after is Camilla Gate where there's an even more intimate conversation recorded between Charles and Camilla in which he says um how do I put this he basically says to her I wish I could be a tampon so I could be inside you at all times (laughs) (laughs) tampon gate if they were just really bad at flirting or what this is but yeah that's that's what he said and so that's where okay sidebar i'm so sorry you know me and i have to talk over everybody and dominate conversation at all times and i'm so sorry that's worse than the tampon scene in 50 shades of gray Actually, is that worse? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't even know what scene you're talking about. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, you didn't read the book. No. I never saw the movie. I read the book just to see what the fuck that whole thing was about because I was trying to figure out, like, why everyone was obsessed with it. It's not worth anyone's time. Surprise. But um, in the book, she goes to visit her mom in Georgia because she's from Georgia originally. And uh, he, like, flies in a helicopter or whatever, gets a super fancy hotel, and she, like, comes to see him because he's stalking her. She's on her period because she's not on birth control yet to get rid of her period. So she has a tampon in, and he's like, I want to fuck you or whatever. And she's all like, I'm on my period. And this leads me to believe this book was written by, like, a virgin or something or just some really, really weird lady. But um, in this this scene, he decides because she's on her period, he draws a bath, which why would you want to sit in your own period blood? That's just me. But he draws a bath. He like they she tried to write that he he seductively takes out her tampon for her. Seductively. This author seriously tried to actually write that. They seductively, he seductively takes out her tampon and throws it away. And then when she's like, I'm not on birth control, like, we can't have sex because I could get pregnant. Like, you need a condom. And, like, Christian Grey in the book is, like, so anti-condom because, of course, he is. He's literally the worst. He's literally the worst. He's a psychopath. But anyways, he goes, um, oh, he mansplains to her that you can't get pregnant while on your period. Which is not true, by the way. Which is how she got pregnant. <laughs> which, by the way, which I was like, I was reading this, and I was like, was this written by a 50-year-old virgin? Like, what is this? I was very upset. So <laughs> I was reading this alongside uh, a few of our other friends at the time, and I just, like, screamed mm-hmm. in our little chat. Oh, my God, Kelly, where did you go? Oh, there you are. I, like, screamed yeah. a chat. I was like, the tampon scene. Are you at the tampon scene? What the <laughs> fuck is this? I, like, threw the book across the room. I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, what am I reading? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And then they have, like, mediocre bathtub sex. So I will not be reading this book. 
no. When I found out they're making a movie, I was like fingers crossed. I was like, I hope they kept that scene <laughs> just to horrify audiences everywhere. No, no, because then it would expose just how terrible it really is. Okay, so bouncing back. <laughs> Charles wants to be Camilla's tampon. <laughs> That's <laughs> Brendan just looks at me like, what the fuck? Brendan, come into the camera, Brendan. Come into the camera. He says, come into the camera. Wait, I want to see his face when you say that. Oh, no. It was this pure, unfiltered thing. I I don't think he'd be able to recreate. It was just like, what the fuck? Um, Anyway, so these two scandals come to light. They're both all over TV. They're just like, what the fuck is going on? And for the first time, the queen is like, you guys can't work this out. Obviously, you're so fucking far gone. I'm mortified. Get a goddamn divorce. Like, this is the first time that this is happening within the royal family, which is huge. And Queen Elizabeth is finally giving her blessing for it. It should be noted that Princess Diana at first starts fighting the divorce because even though she's miserable, she wants to protect her children. And she doesn't want the royal family coming after them or coming after her. And she's just trying to protect. Um, So she fights it, which ultimately just makes the queen fucking hate her even more. She's just like had it with Diana. She's just up to here. Just wants her fucking gone. Yeah. So Diana and Charles finally get a divorce. And Diana is able to keep the royal some royal jewels she maintains a title like she's obviously not princess of wales anymore but now that's off limits nobody else has had that title since she's the last princess of wales is diana welsh i don't know okay <laughs> she's just, i mean she's called the princess of wales i don't know um <laughs> i I, I didn't do research on that part katie sorry um, <laughs> i'm waiting um, for the conspiracy I'm getting there. There's a lot of background that you have to know before you can understand how deep this goes. Okay. After they split, she keeps these things, which just pisses off the royal family even more. They're just like, fuck this bitch. She doesn't deserve any of the shit that we've given her. But to maintain social decorum or whatever, we're going to give it to her to be done with it. Afterwards, Princess Diana has a long relationship with a doctor, Dr. Khan. Um, they're they're together for a few years, and he's said to be the love of her life. Um, but he refuses to marry her. He had problems with her being such a well-known figure. She's still being photographed all the time. She still kept up with all her royal duties. And on top of that, she becomes very heavily involved as an activist, trying to get landmines removed from sight and getting landmines outlawed entirely, which has happened since then, which is awesome. Um, But she would literally go to sites and try to help dig up landmines. And she would um, have conversations with the victims. And this caused problems for companies like Lockheed Martin and other corporations that are providing these war machines um, to places. So she's hurting their revenue by being this activist. She's dating this guy, Khan, who wants nothing to do with her image at all. So even though he's said to be the love of her life... They break it off, and Khan says it's because she fell in love with this guy, Dodi. Dodi Faid is a Egyptian Muslim man. He is the son of Muhammad al-Faid. They have a lot of money. They're basically like a socialite. I don't know what Muhammad did. I probably should have found that out, but basically Dodi has a shit ton of money. Now we're getting closer. We're getting to the night of the accident. Here Princess Diana is. She's photographed with Dodie. Um, They're kissing on the beach while they're on vacation. But just like a little side note, when this happened, Dodie was dating a Calvin Klein model. And so he, or no, he was engaged to her. And then these photos come out and he calls her up the next day and is like, I'm kind of with Diana now. Let's just end this whole thing. And they break it off, which is real weird. But these photos come out like the same week as this accident. Another reason why people think there's a conspiracy behind it, like one of the big reasons is because the day before they were coming back to Paris from their vacation, Diana let the media know that she was going to have a huge announcement for everybody the next day. Um, So on August 31st, 1997, 
Dodie and Diana are coming back from their vacation. They went to the Ritz for dinner. And while they're at the Ritz, they decide that they're trying to keep it private. They don't want a lot of media attention. And so this plan comes up. They're going to let all of their usual bodyguards and drivers go to the front of the Ritz and leave in their normal car, um, their armored car, and drive somewhere else to like get rid of the paparazzi so that the paparazzi will follow this car thinking that Diana and Dodie are inside of it. And really what they're going to do is they're going to get inside this Mercedes, this unarmored Mercedes, with this guy who works for Dodie Fade. He's not a driver. He's just someone who works with the family as like a bodyguard. That was Henri Paul. And then they were going to leave with another, what am I trying to say, employee of the Fade family who is the bodyguard that they left with. So they have one bodyguard and this Henri Paul guy who is not supposed to be driving in the first place. He is off to off his shift. He's been off since 7 p.m. It's now like around midnight that they're trying to leave this restaurant. And he has had a lot of drinks uh, at this restaurant. He's like at the bar for some reason, even though he's off to his shift, he's at the bar and he's throwing back this French liqueur, which is a lot heavier than wine. And he's not a driver. What's his job? He's like a bodyguard or something. He just works for the family. I just, he's not a driver. I assumed he worked for the Ritz because his name is French. Yeah, no, he's just, he works at one of the establishments that the Fades own. And they just know so, him, I guess. Okay, all right. They just yeah, know they him. hire, okay. And, and he, what else makes this weird is there's people at the Ritz, like there's employees at the Ritz who are drivers, who even offer to Henri, we can drive them. This isn't in your job description and you're off duty. Like we can take care of this. And he just insists that he's going to take care of it, that he has to be the one to drive them. Nice burp, Brendan. <laughs> Katie says nice burp. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right, so there's this whole plan. They're going to leave, divert the paparazzi, and get away in their little getaway car. It doesn't work. The paparazzi figure it out pretty quickly that Diana and Dodie are not in the armored vehicle and they start following the Mercedes. From there, what's reported to have happened, Henri sped up to get away from the paparazzi. In doing so, he goes into this tunnel, which is supposed to be a 30-mile-per-hour tunnel um, that has had multiple crashes inside of it. Like, it's 34 accidents with eight deaths have happened at at this point, um, to the point where there's signs and everything. But he enters this tunnel at 60 miles per hour. I think it was, like, 65, actually. And he loses control of the vehicle before even reaching the tunnel, smashes into the pillar, bounces off of it, and hits the concrete wall. And the paparazzi are all trying to get pictures of this, like all the ones who are shitty paparazzo who aren't shitty people who are trying to help, but a lot of them are trying to get pictures. Finally, ambulance shows up. And there's this weird thing in France where you're supposed to do everything you can to save them while you're there before you take them. Because of this, she is in the tunnel. Like when they find her, Henri and Dodie have died on impact and diana is in the car she has a minor head wound she's otherwise showing no physical signs of injury and she is okay she's in a like she's able to communicate it isn't until they cut her out of the car that she starts getting very agitated and starts freaking out and while they're there they give her this medication which is supposed to be known um, to have links to heart problems and they're in this tunnel for almost an hour, like just trying to get her under control. Then when they finally get in the ambulance to take her to the hospital, which is supposed to be less than 15 minutes away, and they don't want to take her to the closest hospital, mind you. They want to take her to the best hospital. So there's one that's even closer than that, that they refuse to take her to. They take her to one that's 15 minutes away, only it takes them around 40 minutes to get there because they tell them to drive slow, not to agitate her, and they have to stop multiple times to care for her because she's freaking out. That's not how ambulances work. I am really stuck on the losing control of a Mercedes at 65. I'm pretty sure Mercedes don't make stick shift, so I'm trying to figure out how you lose control of an automatic car driving 60 because he's drunk 
because he's had this French liqueur, he's drunk, and he's driving too fast going down this tunnel. But it's not too fast. Like, okay, okay, it's too fast to the speed limit, but 60 is a pretty fucking normal-ass speed. Well, not for this road. Not for this road. He's going way too fast for the road. He's basically going double But what the I'm speed saying limit. is that's normal for a car is the point, right. not the road. It's normal for a car. If he's drunk and it's a manual, like, I could car- probably kind of get it. I don't know if the car is a manual or an automatic, but I just... It's I'm, just going over the speed limit. It's going way too fast for this tunnel that they're about to go into, which has had multiple accidents. Okay. And it's way too narrow for this speed. Okay. All right. I'll allow um, it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. It's not until two hours later that they reach the hospital. Four hours after the initial accident, so two hours after she reaches the hospital, she dies of internal injuries. She had a torn pulmonary vein, and her heart had shifted inside her body, so she was internally bleeding this whole time. Um, which is ultimately the reason for her passing. That is the official report. The conspiracy. We're finally at the conspiracy part. <laughs> We're finally at the conspiracy part. That's how I felt okay. talking about the Illuminati. I was like, the history is done. <laughs> it's like, well, you have to know this stuff because otherwise I'm going to tell you all these things and you're going to be like, wait, what? Who? What are you talking about? First, there's a lot. So I'm just going to like gloss over the ones that mean nothing and have been proven wrong. Um, I'm just going to let you know the kind of conspiracy that there are. And then I'm going to go into the big one. One. The paparazzi is initially blamed for Diana's passing because they're chasing after the car, they're flashing their cameras, and it's distracting the driver, and they kill her. And people believe that it was done intentionally. Like That's an easy cop-out. Fuck that. No way. Yeah. Um, paparazzi would never that They were what? encouraged to do this so they could get their pictures and also be paid off by the royal family or whatever. The paparazzi would never kill their paycheck. Princess Diana is a guaranteed paycheck for years to come. Makes no sense to me. So that conspiracy doesn't hold much water. The second one is Henri Paul intentionally caused the crash. And Um, killed himself? Yeah. Again, another reason why that one doesn't hold much water. It's why would he want to kill himself? That's some kamikaze shit. I don't know. I don't don't believe that. Okay. Um, The next one is someone messed with the Mercedes. Um, The brakes were tampered with. The lights weren't working, whatever you want to say. Something, somebody messed with the Mercedes so that it would cause the crash. I would believe that. They couldn't find anything to back that up at all. So or that's that we know that, of because they want to pin that out we the know paparazzi. Of. Right. The next one is Diana's medical care was deliberately sabotaged, that they took that weird timeline of her getting to the hospital was intentional. But that would that one requires multiple people. Um, especially in the healthcare industry, to lie and be involved in murder of Princess Diana. So that one doesn't really hold much either. And plus, doctors and nurses and everybody else involved have been like, absolutely not, this is not a thing. I personally think that maybe they were panicking because it's Princess Diana and made bad calls due to pressure. I don't know. And then the last one I'm going to touch on, and this is just because this is one that I heard and I thought it was crazy, and then I looked more into it, and there's really nothing about it that seems accurate. Um, it's a cult affiliation. <laughs> Princess Diana was affiliated with this, um, the Templar cult. I forget what they're called. No, she was um, not. Yeah. Okay. So people want to say. What do you mean she was affiliated? They were a suicide cult. Are you kidding me? But they they had these connections into such higher up people and they brought her in for this big extravagant initiation thing. And she said no. When they did this whole initiation, they told her about a lot of stuff. And so it said that the announcement was going to be like all the people that were involved with this cult. And so they had her killed. But again, there's really nothing to back it up. Order, order of the Solar Temple. That's so, what they're called. Okay. And they, like, because we talked about them in our cult episode way back when. Mm-hmm. And they had that crazy suicide murder shit happen. My theory after reading up on that cult, because we have some history on them, they made that up to make themselves appear more powerful than they really are. Right. By claiming to have ties to the royal family. But, okay, so Order of the Solar Templar, or Temple, I keep saying Templar, Temple, no, it's Templars were in it at first. That's where that comes from. Okay, okay, okay. But so they are not actually Illuminati confirmed. The Illuminati took inspiration from the original Templar from the Crusades, not the Order of the Solar Temple, which is a cult that basically wanted to be the Illuminati. 
That's how that goes. Okay. It's not Illuminati confirmed, okay? I did my research on the <laughs> Illuminati, motherfuckers. <laughs> so we're not going to go into it. I heard about it in a podcast, and then once I circled back to it, I was like, "There's this holds no water whatsoever. This is the big one. Um, and this is widely considered to be, like, the conspiracy around Princess Diana. So the conspiracy is Diana was pregnant with Dodie's child, which means the stepfather of the future king would be an Egyptian Muslim man. So Muhammad Al-Fayed, Dodi's father, he has gone on record multiple times and he's brought it up in court that he believes Prince Philip is the one who ordered the hit on Diana and Dodi. And he said that he did it because he ordered a hit on them by MI6 to take out Dodi because he didn't want a Egyptian Muslim man being associated with the future king. Another thing to back that up was that Prince Philip was raised by his aunt, mostly growing up, who was married to a Nazi doctor. Like, <laughs> they were, he was hyper racist. Um, Fuck Philip, so that ugly, fugly, racist man. There's a lot with it. The whole royal family's fucked. So, Muhammad Al-Fayed believes that Prince Philip ordered the hit on his son and Diana. And he says that the reason he believes this is because a couple days before the accident, Dodie and Diana had called him and they had told him that they were expecting and that they were engaged. There is information to back this up because Dodie was seen in Paris leaving a jeweler's with a ring that was ordered from a new collection called A New Love or something like that. There's a ring involved now. Al-Fayed says that the announcement that Diana was going to give, this big, mysterious announcement, is that she was engaged and that she was pregnant with Al-Fayed's child. Makes sense to um, me. Dodi's child. He says Prince Philip had bugged her phone. He had heard from MI6 the conversation that Diana had with Muhammad telling them about this news. And so Prince Philip ordered the hit. Now, how did this happen? People actually did investigate this because, as I said, Al-Fayed brought this to court. Yeah, would the driver be in on it? And even though it killed him, he was all like, fuck it? Like, Okay, so a former member of MI6 came forward. What is MI6? Said, really quick, I'm so sorry. Sorry if I'm an ignorant American, but what is MI6? How do I explain this? Have you ever seen James Bond? The organization that James Bond was involved with. Okay, so like first. undercover espionage. Secret Intelligence Service. Right. MI6 is just a weird nickname for SIS, but okay. Foreign Intelligence Service of the Government of the UK. Okay, so it's the CIA for the UK. Got it. Where this ties together. All of this would just be like in the wind. Just like how the fuck? Because MI6 came forward and they're like, no, we absolutely did not plan to kill Diana. We absolutely had no involvement whatsoever. This is a huge conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. And there wouldn't be anything to continue that with really, except a former employee of MI6 named Tomlinson came forward and said, Henri Paul was a former informant for MI6 and had connections to them. So all of a sudden, there is this immediate involvement by an Al-Fayed employee with MI6, and he is the driver of the vehicle that killed them. On top of that... He is a kamikaze dude. On top of that, though, Henri Paul's parents said that he wasn't drunk, okay? So this other layer of it is... Because they tested Henri's, Henri Paul's blood after the accident. And that's how they said, like, the drunk driver is what caused this accident. So when he left with Diana and Dodie, he was showing no signs whatsoever of being drunk. Now, what's said is, like, what's reported officially is that he was on other drugs. And so that's the reason why nobody noticed anything wrong with him. That's kind of how it was written off. However, when they tested his blood, the blood samples showed um, another, I forget what it is. I think it's like carbon dioxide levels or something levels. What the blood samples proved was he was drunk without a doubt. And there's no way that nobody would have no wouldn't have noticed how drunk he was because he's like three times over the legal limit. And there's just no way possible that he wouldn't have shown any kind of outward signs of being as drunk as he was. If the other drugs were true, then those levels would have been different, but they weren't. So Al-Fayed says, Henri Paul's family says, the blood samples were switched 
to make it look like it was a drunk driving accident when really he wasn't drunk. So switched with who? Oh, just like someone not switched ra- out with some rando. Any, some rando. Some ra- oh, okay. some rando with drunk blood. I, th- I thought they met someone in the car. Okay, not that it matters, but how would this come to be? How would MI6 have caused this death? This is Al Faid's hypothesis. He says Henri Paul was involved because, on top of everything else, Henri Paul has an insane amount of money in his bank account, both in French money and American money, which is weird because he's like a $35,000 a year salary and he has over $100,000 in his bank account. He doesn't have a lot of money (laughs) that he makes yearly and yet somehow he has an insane amount of money in his bank account. So where the fuck did it come from? In American dollars. Exactly. Well, Al-Fayed says it's MI6. MI6 is paying him off to make sure that he's the driver of this car. He's the one that drives them. But he says that Henri Paul didn't know that he was going to die in the crash. He thought that MI6 had a plan for him because they're paying him off that there's some way that he's not going to get hurt in this crash. That like MI6 is going to like drive up and take care of Diana and he's just going to like walk away scot-free and be fine. But really, and this is something that two witnesses account for. There's two eyewitnesses that say two of the same thing. One There was weird strobe light flashing before the crash. And two, there is a white Fiat Uno that the Mercedes bumps into before it goes into the tunnel and before the crash happens. Two different witnesses say this. And one says that they um, saw a man inside the white Fiat Uno with a dog in his car with a red bandana. That I will get to later. Al-Fayed says Henri Paul is paid off He thinks he's going to get away scot-free when really the MI6, they've put the Fiat in a position where the Mercedes is going to hit it on the way in. And then they have a guy on a motorbike, like an MI6 agent, flashing a strobe light to distract Henri. And that's what causes him to crash into the pillar inside the tunnel. And then they say that there are MI6 agents that are working within the ambulance to prolong her trip to the hospital advocating giving her these medications that cause heart problem. I mean, that's all Fayette's story. No hospital would ever admit to fucking up and killing a princess. This is a little far-fetched, right? I mean, a, a lot of it makes sense. There's a lot that lines up with things that we know for a fact did happen. The strobe light, no one can prove, but... Were the paparazzi photos showing, like, evidence of all this? The paparazzi photos were confiscated on the scene. They were taken away. Okay, yeah. Another thing to back this up is Tomlinson said that, and MI6 admits that they do own this kind of strobe light thing that they use to like blend in with paparazzi when they need to or whatever purposes that MI6 needs a fucking strobe light like that. Um, But it's like a flash gun, basically. That was another thing backing up Al-Fayed's story. Also, MI6, they said they have no mission planned because I guess there's like, there's plans that they map out, which it makes sense, whatever to take her out like they had one for a different person which was literally what happened to a t like it's you get a driver you make him appear drunk you get into a tunnel so not many civilians can see it and you cause the crash and make it look like an accident and that that is a plan that they had on file for someone else things that make this unreliable is Thomason was a former employee that was let go. He might've been a disgruntled employee. He was also trying to get a book deal, which MI6 shut down immediately because they're like, don't give away our fucking secrets, you jackass. So maybe he's a disgruntled employee and he sees his in to like get this to fuck over MI6. Also, he wants a book deal. Make a lot of money. He ended up getting a book deal off of this Diana incident. They're saying that he could be full of shit. Also, though, MI6 isn't exactly a trustworthy agency on if they would have this kind of information or not. So they can't exactly be trusted. So these two things basically prevent this court deal from going forward. And on top of that, Mohammed Al-Fayed, another reason why he would be so adamant about this is because if it's not MI6 and it's not the royal family that did this, then he's going to consider it his fault because during that day, they moved between four different um, Al-Fayed locations, including the Ritz that they were at, that they left from. All of those were owned by his family. And the driver and the bodyguard that were in the car were both Al-Fayed employees. So if it's not MI6 and if it's not the royal family, 
then he's going to consider it to be his fault, which would be hard for any father to admit. Okay. And here's the fucking kicker that I'm going to leave this on because I believe Al-Fayed and I will tell you why. It's this one detail that makes everything way more fishy than it already fucking is. There is a paparazzi, paparazzo, I don't know, whatever, one of the two. So there's this paparazzo who has a relationship with Diana, like a long-standing one. Or he's one of the ones where Diana would say, I'll give you such and such pictures if you do this. I'll give you this if you do this, you know, and made deals with him constantly. Um, he's the one who took the infamous kiss picture of Diana and Dodie on the beach that both outed Dodie for cheating on his fiance and outed Diana for having an intimate relationship with Dodie. Because up until that point, it had all just been rumors. This man, a few months later, after Diana's crashed, he is found in a flaming car in the middle of the woods with what looks like a gun wound to his head. And what? Yes. This man is straight up fucking murdered. Except they say the car caught fire. Like there was some kind of car accident of some kind. The car caught fire. He gets in the woods because he's panicking, I guess. This is where I got a little confused. Um, There's reports of it. They don't want to say it's a gunshot because it's in a weird location. The gunshot isn't one, you know, like when you're trying to kill yourself, you so many ways that you can do it that aren't suspicious. This gunshot doesn't look like he did it. Also, is there a gun near the dead body? No. Okay, then. So that would what get they that say, away. So what they say is the heat from the car caused a sort of explosion and sent shrapnel. It knocked him out. And then he died from the carbon monoxide that was within the car. The whole thing is so fucking fishy. It's like, what the hell? This doesn't make sense. That man was murdered. That man was murdered. Okay, but why was he murdered? So let's go back. And then this will be the end. Okay. (laughs) This is just the final fucking thing that I want to leave you with. All right. So why would he be killed? What is said, what is believed, the conspiracy theory behind this is, remember, we have two witnesses who saw a white Fiat Uno and the flashing lights. What car did this paparazzi own? A white, no, the white Fiat is what they crashed into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't remember what the, he owns a white Fiat. Yep, he owns a white Fiat Uno, which he sells immediately after this encounter because he knows that all the paparazzi pictures have been taken away by the police. He has the upfront and personal photos because he's right fucking there. Now, that's kind of far-fetched. Why would we think that? Well, this witness knows nothing about this man, but it just so but he's the one who said like he has a a, a large dog was in the car with him with a red bandana. This paparazzi had a large Labrador who always wore a red bandana. So they crashed into the paparazzi? So, so the cons- yeah, so the conspiracy is that maybe the white Fiat Uno wasn't part of the plan, just the just the flashing light to distract him. But because he was right there, he was able to get pictures on site that immediately and without a doubt proved that MI6 was involved. Like he had photos proving it. But because he knew that the photos were being taken away, he got the hell out of Dodge and kept his photos and waited for the paparazzi to be cleared because remember they at first were being blamed and they were put in court like they were blamed legally for what happened to her yeah and so he's laying low not wanting to be involved in it in any way shape or form and just hanging on to these photos in the meantime he sells his car after hearing about the witnesses that know that his car was there and now he has these photos it's months later the paparazzi has been cleared and he's ready to come forward with his photo, with these photos. The photo, the car that was burnt with him in the woods, was it the white Fiat Uno? No, it's a different car. Okay. It's a different car. He, but he had sold it to clear his name, to like just get as far away from the situation as possible. But there was record of him selling it. So he has these photos and he can finally go public with them. And coworker of his, um, there's a different word for that. 
somebody he works closely with in the paparazzi industry in the paparazzi industry says that they had told him he had explosive photos that he was about to release and then very shortly after that he's dead he's found dead in a burning car in the middle of the woods with a maybe a gunshot exactly and his so-called suicide note is literally just a note to his company saying, send all my funds to my wife from here on out. That's not a suicide note. That's just an email. (laughs) And that's kind of where the story ends. It's a weird coincidence as far as everyone else is concerned. It's a suicide and it's a weird coincidence. Wow. Believe what you will. I mean, there's also other theories that like the industry's that she was harming with her landmine activism were also plotting to kill her and they were in on this. And because I mean, it goes on. Or, and there's also other things that um, people were out to kill Dodi and not kill Diana. Oh, for um, what? Because Muhammad Al Faid was very vocal, I guess. He was like kind of a prominent political figure. And so people would be out to kill his son for like revenge purposes or whatever. Oh, in Egypt? I didn't go that much into it, but it's just. I was kind of on board the like official report and whatever, and the rest is kind of like reaching. But with the paparazzi death and how fucking fishy that shit is, yeah, I believe Muhammad. I think there's some other shit going on. Also, that wouldn't be Muhammad's fault that his son died. Like, that's he wasn't even there. Well, no, but like you know, it was the people that he employed. It was his facilities. Yeah, but, um, like, this is a freak accident kind of thing. Like, that's not, like, it's my fault. Like, I just, I yeah. don't know. I think it's far-fetched for him to feel like it was his fault. But I, I don't. But who knows? No, I, fuck that shit. So that is the conspiracy behind Princess Diana. And finally, we can be done with all this freezing bullshit. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Corn the Cob with Conspiracy Theories. And holy shit, what the fuck? Kelly's been freezing. So we're just wrapping it up. And keep it creepy, guys. Keep it creepy. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.